Speaking the Language of Leadership Read by the author and coach Colin Luthard Monday, March 29, 1917 Things went smoothly during the start this time. In fact, LH-805 seemed to have started some minutes earlier than the planned 1905 schedule. Looking out of the right of the window, while the A320 was still climbing away from Arlanda out of the clouds, the coach realized that the sun was still shining. He moved his head forward closer to the window from his seat 4F. He saw that the clouds were illuminated from the remaining sunlight. They appeared so close and dense with the contrast of the sunny and shady areas. It looked like an uneven snowy landscape with huge mounds of snow scattered around. Through the shades of white and dark areas, the coach was searching even sections to stand on. His eyes fixed on a flat grey section just a bit away when he realized that the section was the edge of a gap in the clouds. Some lights of a house or a car seemed to appear and it was already quite dark on the ground under the thick layer of clouds. But up here it was different. Taking his view back up, he saw that the rim of the sun that had been there a moment ago had just disappeared under the horizon. It felt like the sky filled with an intensity of colors that was amazing. There was a stripe of bright orange that marked the area where the sun had just disappeared. It stretched quite far to both sides marking the horizon while it turned more and more red. Directly above the stripe, the sky was still colored in a bright yellow that gradually turned into a circle of lighter blue. The blue grew darker in shade from the point where the sun had set until the color of the sky faded into a dark blue of the evening sky. In between, another color was visible that appeared to be a streak of green. The coach was always fascinated by the streak of green that only seemed to show in sunsets in Scandinavia. He pondered a while if others saw the same green, or if it was only a trick of his brain. But the beauty of the total scene was too fascinating to waste it on that. So he pushed his internal thoughts aside and just enjoyed the sight for a time longer. It struck him after a while that it had been a couple of months since he had seen sunlight in the evening, and especially such a beautiful sunset on his home flight. It had been unusual to see the sun at this time of the hour, but then the coach realized that summertime had been introduced the week before. Sunset was now at 19.23, an hour later than the previous week. Just seeing and enjoying the sunset had already changed a lot from the experience of this flight for him. He knew that he would feel enlightened and pleased for the rest of the evening. What a small difference that made, he thought. His thoughts zoomed back into the closing of the day with the team at DGC. He wished them all to make small changes in their behavior too. That is what it would take from them to bring about the change. We are always so tied up that we miss the details, he thought to himself. The changes in the details can have such an impact, he thought further, and wished that every team member would experience the sunshine during the next section of their journey. Monday, March 29, 1958. David Swart, the R&D manager, was sitting at home at his desk. He had a small desk in the corner of his bedroom, half facing towards the window and the other half against the wall. This is where he sat on occasions to do bills and other work. It gave him a break away from the noise and the bustle of the family. It was not a big desk, just enough to have some papers next to his laptop. He had been typing a mail and he was reading it over again. From... David Swart. To 
Robert Bloor. Subject. Extraordinary Project Meeting. Dear Robert, after some consideration about our project work on the DC430 in the recent past, I have some issues I would like to discuss with you. I invite you to an extraordinary project meeting. Please come to my office at 11. There is no need to prepare anything in particular. Best regards, David. He hesitated to press the send button. David was thinking how he had behaved towards Robert in the past and how Robert had reacted in the past. David was trying to figure out how Robert might perceive such a short mail and he realized it was difficult to judge. That frustrated him. Looking back at the day, he tried to remember what his inner team and the feedback was about. Chris had mentioned to him that he loved his enthusiasm, but sometimes it appeared to get out of hand and he became very pushy and instructive. He had learned that he could even be very destructive in his arguments. This fitted his inner team of the captain, the achiever and the cook with a good dose of the bad guy. He chuckled to himself by the thought. It was so true. But... What if Robert had felt that too, he thought further. He could not really recall concrete instances, but he vowed to increase his awareness and change that. But still, how did he really behave in front of Robert? The DC-430 was a very important project for DGC, and he would ensure that it was done right at all cost. He froze in realization at that thought. It could be that Robert felt bullied. If that was so, but he was not sure, then Robert must have felt that David was not satisfied with his project work at all, arguing with him how to proceed and telling him what to do. In this case, this mail could mean to Robert that he would be invited to a meeting expecting to be suspended from his job as a project manager, perhaps. He didn't want that at all. That was not going to be the case either. Robert was a clever project manager, but perhaps, David thought, he had taken too much for granted. He had to do it differently. David deleted this mail, shut down the system and closed his laptop. He decided to do it personally, less formal, directly tomorrow morning. Tuesday, March 30, 8.19. Robert Bloor had just reached his desk and he had pulled his laptop out of his bag and started to find the connection into the docking cradle. It locked in and he flicked the power button and the laptop's fan started whining. He flung his jacket over the back of his chair and was reaching for his coffee mug as he caught eye of David coming out of his office. Robert took a deep breath, straightened and said good morning to David. Good morning, Robert, David replied. How are you today? Fine, fine, Robert answered, a little defensive, but pleased that David had asked him. I'm feeling good, he added. That is great, David affirmed. Listen, Robert, I have some thoughts on my mind, and I would like to talk to you about that. Would you have time this morning? We could do it right now, Robert replied, curious what David had to talk about. Okay, David said, pleased with the reply. You get settled in, and when you are done, you bring your coffee into my office, if you like. See you in a few minutes. Will do, Robert said, and David turned to leave. Robert liked the idea of having a coffee with his boss. It was a rare occasion that this occurred, and he felt a little uneasy that it came so unexpected. He waited for the screen to prompt him with a login window, and he logged in. Watching the different startup windows pop up, his mind wandered about the project and what progress they had done recently. After a few minutes, he grabbed his coffee mug and headed to the coffee machine. Once it was filled with coffee, he headed to David's office. Here I am, he said as he entered. David pointed to the chair in front of his desk and said, 
Sit down, Robert. Look, David leaned forward on his desk. You and I know that the DC430 project is very important to us. I might have been too engaged in the project, but, hmm, you know, even if I have not said it too often enough, I'd like to say it. The way you show how committed you are to deliver results in the project makes me have full respect and trust in you as a project manager. There is no doubt, Robert, that here at DGC we all think you are the right project manager for the job. You are competent on the topic, committed to the result, and you have good relationships with your team. David paused. Robert was listening, and he had a hard time believing what he was hearing. It sounded good. He felt relaxed, but still nervous. He was not sure if this was truthful. After all, he didn't know what had happened after he had spoken to Carl about David a while ago. But he preferred not to let it show. Wow, he said, I didn't see that coming. David looked at Robert again. I am serious about this. Perhaps I have got in your way of running the project on occasions, and I would like to make sure that you do the job the way you want to do it. To ensure that, I would like you to think about the following question. Which changes would you like to apply to the way that we are working right now? You mean inside the project or overall? Anything that you see that will improve the way we run this project. You are the project manager, Robert. Of course, we have our project model and our routines. Within that frame, I would like you to share your ideas, how you would like to work to ensure the success of the project. When can we sit down and discuss your ideas? Give me time until after lunch. I have some ideas which I would like to check with my team first. Do you want my ideas in a specific format? Sounds like a good timing. Do that and we will talk about it directly after lunch. There is no, no need to be so formal. Let's discuss it first and then we decide. Is there anything from your side? No, but I think it is a good idea to look at some improvements. Robert was pleased at David's suggestion and he was hoping he really meant it. He'd give it a try and share his ideas, and he was eager to see what David would think. After all, he had a good idea what he and his team were expecting. So, see you after lunch. Yep, one o'clock will be great. I am looking forward to your ideas, Robert. Robert didn't waste any time. He went to his office and looked for his team. It was still early in the morning, and he found Victor, Alexander and Lucas at the desks. They had not left for the lab or production yet. He told them quickly about the conversation he had with David. They looked at him, shrugged their shoulders. What do you want us to do? Victor asked. Let's just do as he asked. Let's sit down and think what we want to change. From what he said and I gathered, this um, that this was about the technical part of a project. But it was how we operate. So let's give it to him. Robert said. Quickly, they put their heads together and came up with a few points. They wanted clear goals for the project, not only tasks, no interference from David, but only one point of contact that Robert should take. Robert should lead an open discussion with David about options with pros and cons that they had prepared together. The project should report to a steering committee of R&D, production and marketing representatives, and not just to David on his own. The steering committee should take the decisions based on all consequences and not only the R&D interests. Robert put a list into a PowerPoint format and mailed it to his team again for comments. At 10.35 he was done and satisfied with the list. 
This would really give him a better position to run the project, and the team could cooperate better. He was pleased that he was about to mail it to David. He stopped in the process and thought what David had said. He wanted to talk to him about it, so he decided to print it and take it along to David after lunch. Tuesday, March 30, 1301. Robert entered David's office. What have you got? David beamed openly. Robert sat down on the chairs in front of David's desk. The guys and I sat down and came up with a couple of points. No big deal, really. He played it down, not knowing where it was going. Okay, so that you and your project team can run the project and achieve the results that we expect. What would you want to change? David leaned forward, looked at Robert and waited. That sounded like a fair question, he thought. It looked like David meant it. Well, there are two areas that we would like to change, he said thoughtfully. One area is about how we work as a team, and the other is how we take decisions and report. Which one do you think is most important? Robert thought for a moment and said, how we take decisions and report. Interesting. Why do you think that areas are important? It is... It is because like this we can get stability in our planning and the way of working with the team. We can share what we know and take the right decisions together with you and others. Robert sounded convincing. That sounds good, David nodded. What exactly do we have to do? It is simple, actually. Robert took a deep breath. It was the part that took some courage. For one thing, we think that we are getting too many different messages and requests to follow up on. Instead, we would like to have clear goals to work with. Furthermore, we would prefer that uh, there was a steering committee from all key departments, even marketing and production. Like this, we can share all the ideas and options better and take the right decisions together. David was nodding. That gave him encouragement to carry on. Finally, we would like if there was only one person in contact with you and the steering committee, and that would be me. The others would continue to work on the project. David had been taking some notes while Robert spoke. A steering committee? Hmm. David was scratching his cheek with his left hand. What if you reported to the management team? Yeah, that would be really good. David felt some excitement about the idea. How would that help you? Simple. This is an important project for us all, right? We have um, we are moving into a phase where all the departments need to get involved. It would be great to report to the management team and have their involvement and decisions that have impact through the company. It would give him more space from David running the project too, Robert thought. It looks like we have a good idea here. Would it be acceptable uh, for you if... Um if you and I went through the project details and the report a couple of days before, such um, like before the steering committee meeting, I mean, I am responsible for R&D and I would like to be well informed. Robert thought a moment and said, Just the two of us? That would work. Good. The other point was concerning how you worked in your team, David said. What needs to change here? Actually, Robert leant back. If we could work like this... I mean, setting real goals and you and I having side meetings and um, then a meeting with the management team. 
it would cover even our team's needs. Okay, if you say so. Anything else? No, Robert said. So what you're saying here, Robert, if we implemented all that, David looked at Robert, your team would work better and you would achieve better results. Robert felt a strong surge of strength rising up in him and he started to nod. That would be the case, I am convinced, David. Robert managed to look back at David and give him a smile. It was a smile of relief. Let's do it, David slapped both hands flat on the table in front of him. I'm ready for action. Yes, it'll be great. Robert got up and was overwhelmed with new energy. He didn't know what had happened, but he liked the approach that his boss had. He was hoping it would last. David was pleased with himself when Robert left. Robert had given him the impression that the ideas really meant something to him and his project. David was pleased that he shared them with him. He was convinced, too, that they would make a difference. He turned to his computer and moved the mouse. The screen came to life and it displayed the last mail in his inbox. From Michael Grau To David Swart Subject Respond, Respond, Project Portfolio Review Board Need more input Michael Grau, Bereichsleitung Entwicklung, GenConvert AG David looked at the mail in bewilderment and rage. So many questions darted through his mind, for which he didn't have an answer. What input was he supposed to give? What was expected, and until when? What was wrong with existing material that Michael had got, and how did he perceive it? He hated so much confusion. On top of that, he was upset about Michael's way of writing emails. No greeting, his short, unfriendly command style, an automatic signature carrying so much disrespect that he felt a strong aversion against reviewing the task that he had delegated to Robert. He didn't want to involve him again. Why can't everyone learn what we are learning, he thought to himself. It would be so much easier and friendlier to work with others. Shaking his head, he closed the mail function, turned his chair around and left the office. Wednesday, March 31, 9.01. The finance manager, Philippa Ask, was walking down the corridor thinking what she had promised herself during the last session with the coach. She knew that she could notice the situations and realize when she had to change her behavior. She was only hesitant to believe that she could do it quickly enough. But she had made up her mind. This was what she was going to do. She had a stop card in her pocket that should remind her to change her habits. She felt prepared. She saw Lars from accounting department coming towards her in the corridor. Be ready, she thought to herself in a positive sense. Be ready to act differently. Good morning, Philippa, he greeted. Hello, Lars. She stopped and returned his greeting. How are things going with our French colleagues? She asked, thinking at the overdue payments that had accumulated in the project. Lars stopped. Actually, they promised to put the payment into the transfer this month. It should be due by the 10th. Good. How did you achieve that after all this time? She had not seen a CC of a mail she had suggested him to send. Suddenly, Philippa realized what the coach had meant within a team that everyone had. She felt a judge taking charge, and she didn't feel comfortable with that. She had to change. She thought about the protector and the inner team, and let him speak instead. I mean, it is great that we will get our payments. Thanks for putting in an effort for our company. You know how the French are. They would never have answered to a mail anyway. What did you do instead? 
I thought I had be better give their accounting director a call and explain him the situation. He was very understanding and he promised to sort things out for me. I got a mail back saying they would pay. He actually told me to say hi to you too. Thank you, Flipper was touched. Good work, Lars. Please say thank you and send my regards to him when the payments come. Good idea, Lars said. See you later, Lars. Philippa left. She was pleased that she had caught herself and changed her approach. It felt good. She had maneuvered her inner team for the first time and she was able to react differently if she put her mind to it. Philippa was proud of herself. Thursday, April 1, 941. Carl Gruen, the production and logistics manager, was preparing the meeting that he had called for with his two shift leaders, Jim and John. He knew they were both very eager and keen to do their best, but it appeared that they were not always in agree how things should be done. That had to change without pointing fingers at any one of the two. Carl laid out his plans for the conversation. First of all, ask for expectations from all sides. Discuss priorities and agree on common goals. Next, find ways to reach the goals and be clear about the motivation and effect of the ways chosen. Encourage mutual commitment for all to do their best. He also decided that he wanted to make an effort to acknowledge the performance and attitude from both of the shift leaders. Like this, he would be able to create an atmosphere for an open discussion and get their ideas on the table. Despite the fact that he was not pleased with the repeating disagreements and inability to create a good relationship, he could well understand the motivation to act like they did. Each of them was following legitimate, yet opposing company goals. No one could be criticized for being committed to company goals. Furthermore, he had cleared his calendar for more time than he had allocated for the meeting. He didn't want to feel stressed to rush the meeting himself by having another meeting back to back. Carl gathered his notes and went to conference room two. He arrived early to the meeting to feel calm and comfortable when the others arrived. Some five minutes later, Jim arrived. Shortly after, John joined them. Good to see you two, Carl said as cheerfully as he could. He wanted to hide his nervousness. They had had this type of meetings before and they had all gone the same way. They never came to an agreement on common goals and nobody really felt committed to any of the decisions or priorities either. This time, it was going to be different. He had prepared the four sides of a goal-driven conversation, but he had never run a meeting this way. He was on new ground. I can always fall back on my previous way of running the meeting, he thought uneasily. John and Jim nodded silently as they watched Carl. As you know, we have some current and some new challenges here at DGC. You have all heard that we want to double our sales within five years, right? John and Jim were sitting at the other side of the table, leaning back, arms crossed, nodding attentively. The reason why I thought we should get together, Carl continued, is to take a look how we are working today and what we can improve. I want to take it step by step. I would really would like your involvement in this. Is that okay for you? Sure, that's okay, John said. I'm here, Jim said, moving forward in his chair. Before we start, though, let me tell you this. Jim, when you review the order log of the day and decide to bundle orders, it gives me a good idea that you are cost conscious. We need this type of thinking in the company so that we can keep the cost level under control. I would be happy 
if you could share some more ideas where you think we can keep our cost under control. Jim smiled, sat straight and gave a side look at John. John, when you let your guys review the operating parameters in production and inspect the material thoroughly before producing a batch, it shows that you are very quality conscious. Our customers are OEMs and they include our products into more costly products and quality is important to them. I would be glad to hear about more ideas how you can keep the quality stable and where we can improve. John was smiling just as much as Jim was a moment before. He rested his elbows on the armrests and folded his hands in front of his stomach. He felt comfortable. Now, before you start pouring your ideas over me, let me share with you where I think we stand. I think we have all the machines it takes and the people we need to do to do a great job. The limitations lies within ourselves and how we work. Our challenge is to exploit the production as much as we can, both being in control of the cost and the quality at the same time. With the new product line, we want to increase our capacity and cannot afford any sacrifices on either side, on volume, quality or cost. Carl looked at John and Jim, who nodded back. They seemed to understand. What do you think this could mean to us? Jim stretched himself. I guess we should be looking into areas where we can improve our way of working. Like you said, find other areas where we can secure our quality. Yeah, and look for cost savings throughout, John added. Absolutely spot on, Carl said. What else could that mean? John was weighing his head to either side. Perhaps we should look at the way we're working in, in more detail. I mean, see where we can do and where we can be more efficient so that we can keep up the volumes and, and even improve. Where do you think our way of working has an impact on our efficiency? We don't know really. We don't really have the same opinion how things should be done, Jim said. If we improve that, we wouldn't lose so much time trying to compensate for each other. If I understand you correctly, Carl said, we could come, we could be more efficient and find extra capacity if we were agreeing on how we should achieve both cost control and good quality at the same time. I guess that is so, Jim nodded. John? Yeah, 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 that's true. How do you think we can do that? Carl asked. He knew already that they needed common goals, but he wanted them to come to the conclusions themselves. We we could be better about the goals that apply, I mean, for volume, cost, quality, all at the same time. Yeah, that would allow us to go back to our teams and get them involved too, with and get their ideas. Okay, Carl said. Here's a suggestion. What do you think about if we would set up goals right now? Sure, why not? Why would that help, John? We would have the same goals and, like this, we can be measured following the same goals. We would definitely know what is important and where we stand, Jim added. Good. Apart from goals for daily volume, cost and quality, which other parameters do you think would be important? Carl asked. What about minimum stock levels? We should be clear about the handover of stock levels at, at the end of each shift. And, and we need to consider the different types of batches too. John and Jim, 
If you would fix the criteria for volume, cost and quality and agree on minimum stock levels and find a way how to involve the different batch sizes, you would cooperate together to achieve and improve these goals? Sure, and we can see how we can beat them. Yeah, yes, that is how we can show how good we really are. Agreed, Carl said. I will see how we can define the daily goals for the volume, cost and quality, and I would like you, John, to set the minimal stock levels and Jim to see how we can involve the different batch sizes. Let's take another look at your ideas on that tomorrow afternoon, okay? Okay, sounds good to me. Right, let's do this. Thank you, Carl said with a smile and stood up. Friday, April 2, 1405. Carl Ruin was in the conference room too with John and Jim again. It was Friday and they were looking out of the window, enjoying the afternoon sun that was pouring in. They exchanged ideas what they were going to do for the first spring weekend. Coming back to our topic for this afternoon, Carl announced the end of the conversation. We want to look at the common goals for production. Before we start, are there any more thoughts on yesterday's discussion? It was a good start to share the work, John said. I think it was important to look into different areas of the improvements, Jim added. Well, let's see that we do that, Carl started the discussion. We'll take it in turns, one subject after another. John, so that we can agree on the goals that will secure and improve our efficiency, what do you suggest? I was looking into the stock levels. It is it is important so that we don't run out of stock in the middle of the shift. That has happened too often in the past. It was just last week. Jim glared at John. Here he goes again, he thought. John, wait. Carl lifted his hand off the table and let it sink down again. He didn't want them to blame on the past, but to look forward. He realized that it was better to start with facts. I am sorry that I interrupt you. Yes, it is important to ensure that we don't run out of stock. Which stock articles have you been looking at? I, I have three areas that I have um, looked at. Input to the machines like raw materials and subcomponents and use of consumables. As a third, and uh, that is, isn't really stock, but the status of the different machines like service, maintenance, intervals. That sounds good, John. What would you want to add to that, Jim? It is good, he admitted, nodding. What levels were you thinking about, I asked. I, I realize that it would be great to have large stock, but uh, that costs money. I, I would want to suggest that levels based on, on a balance on how quickly we can replace them and how quickly they are consumed per shift. Here's my suggestion. John put three pieces of paper on the table and listed articles. Current stock levels, estimated consumption quantities and suggested minimal stock. They all leaned forward and started to look at their lists. This is a good basis to work from, John, Carl said. I am sure we can have different opinions on the suggested levels or articles. We will have to connect that to the forecast we get in our system. In principle, what is the advantage of this choice you have made? Well, I was looking for, for those articles that are most common from purchasing, not the ones um, that are driven by rare and odd customers and depending variants. Then I set the levels so that the average we can run is, is three shifts without running out of stock of any article. And what would be different for us if we would follow this list, Carl asked? We can practically start any batch in production with the knowledge of material um, that it will be there. 
that will increase our efficiency because the production won't stop during a shift, John said. Jim, what do you think? Carl looked at him. If we check the limits at the end of every shift, we can file replenishment orders on the spot to purchasing. And we can choose to run any order that is available without double-checking on stock levels. I think it would help. I have some issues with the different levels John has suggested, though. I think they are too costly for us, Jim continued. Carl realized that Jim was being supportive to John's idea, but at the same time for him to show his competence too. Before we go and decide on details, let's say we have a good idea to continue to work, right? They both nodded. John, this um, is there anything you want to add to what you said before? John shook his head. No. Oh, Jim, you were looking at the issue from the other perspective of how we could improve our efficiency. I think it is time to look at that now, so that we can agree on goals that will secure and improve our efficiency. What do you suggest, Jim? The discussion went through similar phases, and Carl coached Jim like he had coached John with the right questions. Looking at the facts and the figures first, he moved on to understand why Jim was focusing on those facts and figures and what the impact of his suggestion would be until they saw the benefits. Some details needed adjusting, but that could be done later. Carl made his suggestion for the goals in the same sequence and all three were in principle in agree. They decided they would let a smaller group of people from the late shift and from the early shift take another look at the details of certain stock levels and make suggestions. This would secure their involvement in the process, too. Carl looked at John and Jim. Looking at what we discussed and decided, how much do you think this will improve our way of working? I, I really think that is a step forward. Yeah, this is the first time we are sitting at a table and actually agreeing. I don't know how you did, how you did that, but it feels totally right. I wish I could do the same with my guys, John said. I had actually expected you to have everything ready laid out, Carl, Jim admitted carefully. Now it looks like that these are our goals, it is our plan, and I believe in it. It is true. I did do things differently, Carl said. I am pleased about the way you see things now, because that is what is most important. We have to believe that we can do this. I will support you wherever you want, and I would like you to follow up on this too. What do you think you can do to share that with me? I have a suggestion, Jim blurted out. What if we take it in turns reporting the key figures on the whiteboard after every shift? You mean you mean you run a 10-minute reporting yourself, Carl said? Yeah, yeah, and, and, and we should have the whole team present, John said. That sounds like a good idea. When do you want to start with that, Carl asked. What do you think, Jim? I guess um, I guess we need our teams to get involved in this, um, like in, in two weeks? John nodded. That sounds good. Monday in two weeks. I am looking forward to that. Concerning what you said earlier, Jim, when can you learn to do it in the same way? I think that is a good idea. I will take that question to our management team meeting and I will keep you informed. If, um, if we decide to do such a training for all managers in the company in the future. Anything else you would like to add? No one said anything. They just smiled. 
Let's go and see if we can start our weekend soon, Carl said and stood up. Good idea. Monday, April 5, 8.35. The management team had gathered for the extra time prior to the regular operational Monday meetings. They had done this now for over four months and had become a great routine to talk about the process outside of the daily issues. We are seeing more and more opportunities to improve our way of working and where we are losing time and effort in the team. I like the way we are moving forward, Marco said. It shows that we are really working on the changes we want to work on from the beginning. I think we can be sure if we do more of what we are doing now, applying our true leadership skills, we will develop even faster. I have to admit, Carl said, I was skeptical at the beginning, but I do agree that this will move us forward. Same for me, Philip added quickly. Last week was amazing. Yeah, that is true, David added, nodding. If only everyone at DigiC would know this, just imagine what we could achieve, Carl thought aloud. I was, I was thinking about that too, and I was, um, I think we should have a solution how we can get more of our managers uh, get trained on the four sides of leadership, Marcus. Just think, Philippa said, if all the managers and team leaders would be better in communicating and motivating others, how much time are we losing today because of that? I can see your point, Marcus said. Krista, what is your opinion? I think we really have an opportunity. We see the benefit, we know the effect and how it was done. If, if we found a way to multiply the impact, it would be good for DGC. Marcus looked at Krista. Do you think you can do that for us? I am not sure what you mean, Marcus. I mean, you are a good coach and you have been through the program with us. Could you set up a program for our managers and run the training with them? Krista was startled. He had not expected so much credit. He was looking for words. Wow, wow, thanks. Uh, the idea is tempting, Marcus. Uh... If I would focus on what I would have to put, um, I would have to put a great deal of my current work aside and prepare sessions and the process. I'm not used to that, so it will take a great deal more of my time than I normally spend on running operational issues and, and things uh, for HR, you know, and your people. I have to turn that down. Are you sure? Marcus was pushing. It would be great if we could move on on this. Marcus, I see, I see the benefit too, and I think we should move ahead and expand the training with more managers. But, but no, I can't do both. I can't support you and with the contracts and coaching the staff at the same time. I would have to choose. Krista was nervous while he said that. Though he was convinced of himself, it was the first time that he said no so clearly. I understand that, Krista. How else do you think we should advance? I could give the coach a call and share our intention with him to see what he suggests, and, and, and then we can decide next Monday. Okay, Marcus said, feeling that he had learned to back off in time. This time it was just a fraction too late. Krista had felt too much pressure. It was part of his own learning curve, he realized. I'm sorry, Krista. I am just so pleased that it turned out to be successful for us that I would like to share more of our success with other managers at GDC. Yes, so do I, Krista said, more relaxed. I will get on the phone to the coach this morning. Thanks, Krista. That is agreed then. 
You look at the options with the coach and we decide how to proceed next week. What do this month's figure look like? Is the sun shining on it? You have been listening to a chapter of Speaking the Language of Leadership, read to you by the author and coach, Colin Lutart. If you would like to know more about Speaking the Language of Leadership or the method presented in this book called Its Four Sides of Leadership and reach out to me, Coach Colin, then you simply write an email to language at itsfoursides.com. That's language at itsfoursides.com. And we'll take it from there. Take care.